sputtered as Grace cut the power, letting her roll across the grass a few more feet. Hey, girly. Fiona's voice was muffled through the canopy as she jogged to meet her. Put this tarp over her and now let's head inside. Before she could even climb out, the captain threw half the fabric over the runner. Hey! With a bit of struggle, Grace managed to get out of the cockpit and finish covering her ship, following after the captain. They spent a few moments making their way through dark, twisting corridors until they reached a small room. The walls were lined with shelves, full of supplies of all sorts. Quinn lounged in the corner, seeming to be a bit more relaxed than she had been, a small heater in front of her producing the only light in the room. Fiona gestured to the shelves. We use it as a safe house, where we can hole up and resupply. Hit that switch. She pointed to a small button and wall behind Grace. The pilot did, and somewhere down the way they'd come, she heard the brief blare of a siren and the boom of something very large and heavy falling. What was that? The captain grinned just as a few lights in the hallways in the room they flickered onto life. Bulkhead door thicker than the ones on the Sakee just closed on the only entrance, just as a precaution for the night, just in case they came looking. Ah, uh, um, what about Lenora? Grace looked back down the hall, a shiver running down her spine as one of the few working lights flickered. It was even more unsettling in the gray cement structure now than in the dark. Hopefully the tarps will make her and the other two blend in enough that no one passing overhead sees. If they're on ground as well, then I guess we're just fucked. Quinn dismissively waved her hand. We'll be fine. Just have to hole up for a day or two to make sure. Glad to be back inside anyway. She blindly groped at the shelf above her for a moment before pulling the bottle down and popping the cap off, taking a swig without even looking at it. Ah, damn, that shit's gotten stronger. She closed the bottle and tossed it to Fiona. So, Red, I know you had more questions. Have at it. Grace looked back and forth between them for a moment, then shrugged and sat on the floor. I guess, well, Quinn was saying that there were mutants. People could do things, and they came from the ships. Does that mean you came from one, too? The captain took a pull of the dark brown alcohol and nodded. Yeah, the York. It was okay for a while, I guess. Then the Hadmaster went fucking nuts. I guess it was part of the experiment. Half the girls were dead before we knew what was going on. The rest of us banded together with Mother. She was... She was something to see. I'll tell you what. Bigger than anyone you could imagine. Strong enough to break down a bulkhead and damn near invincible. She could do this thing. Turn her skin into metal, make it change shape. She protected us, killed anyone who got near, brought the York down just about by herself. Already told you about the Dixies. Don't know what happened to Mother. She just left one day and never saw her again. Then things went to shit and I ran. The haunted look in the captain's eyes as her voice trailed off told Grace there was more, but she didn't press it. So... Everyone had things they could do? Fiona nodded, absently scratching the scars on her cheek. Pretty much. There wasn't really a standard, though. Went from people like Mother to people like me. One lady could see things miles away. I think her name was Agnes. Sometimes things didn't match up, though. What do you mean? She took a long pull from a bottle, drinking a third of it in one go. There was this little boy. Let's see, most of us found out what we could do when we were teenagers. Something about puberty and all that shit, I don't know. 
Well, there was a boy who had something wrong with his bones. They they broke real easy. He, uh, well, when he started to change, his wasn't good. He was strong. Real strong. And that meant even twitching hurt him. He'd move too fast for his bones, you see. Uh, eventually, he had to be strapped down and fed through a tube because his jaw had been shattered trying to chew. It... It was sad. I grew up with him. We were in the same crutch. There wasn't anything they could do for him, so after a while he just snapped. Started straining against the straps and stuff, trying to break bones. Eventually he died, bled out. He was the headmaster's nephew. I, I think that's what set him off. I don't know. Grace had never seen this side of Fiona before. She'd always been calm and cold. The only emotion she'd ever shown was when she was drinking with anyone, and she was always happy. Now she looked a lot smaller, and far more vulnerable. She's just as lost as I am, the pilot thought. She scooted closer to her and put a hand on her shoulder. I'm sorry, Captain. Fiona let out a deep breath she'd been holding and gave a weak smile to the pilot. <laughs> I hadn't thought about the past in quite a while. Sorry. She paused and shook her head. Anyway, want to know about anything else? Quinn interjected. I'm going to make some food. I'll be back in a bit. All right. Hey, see if the venison in the deep freeze is still good. Haven't had any in a while. Sure thing, Cap. The engineer left, a bottle of liquor in her hand. I'm worried about her. Being outside as much as she's been, Fee. The pilot fidgeted, staring at the doorway. She'll be all right. I know it ain't easy on her, but being trapped in that room ain't good for her, neither. It, yeah. Time passed, food was eaten, and the trio decided it was time to sleep. I'm gonna go up and sleep in Lenora. Don't want her to be alone. Fiona sighed and huffed a little. Fine, fine, just keep the tarp on, alright? Just to be safe. Grace nodded and shuffled away down the hall, trying to remember the way to get back to the surface. Once her footsteps were far enough away, the captain leaned back and looked at her engineer. So, what do you think of Red? The blonde groaned. Not the shit again. Can't you just give it a rest? I'm being serious. What do you think of her, really? Quinn shrugged and leaned back at Swell, downing the last of the bottle she'd taken with her before saying, She's fine. Bit green, knows her stuff, though. Fiona considered a moment. How do you think she'll hold up? Another shrug and a longing look at the empty bottle. I don't know. She was shaken up before, but I don't blame her. You think she should stay on? Why does it matter? It comes down to you. She sat up, turning towards the other woman, a serious expression on her scarred face. Q, you've been with me since I ran. Hell, you're the one who introduced me to Rose. Your opinion matters more than Silas's, even, and before I let her into the family completely, I want to know. Quinn gave her a questioning look for a moment before her eyes widened. Wait, you, you mean, yeah, yeah, I, I, I think she'd do just fine. But let's, let's wait till we're home again. The captain nodded and leaned back again. All right, that's settled then. Now you know I'm going to ask, what do you think of her? The engineer huffed and gently butted the back of her head against the cement wall. 
You're not going to drop this, are you? Fine. I think she's a sweet girl, and she's cute, and I enjoy spending time with her. But I don't think I like her as much as y'all think I do, or as much as she wants me to. You know, I'm just not into all that. Yeah, I, I know. Sorry, don't mean to push it. Just nice to see you have some human contact and enjoy it, you know. I know, Captain. I appreciate you looking out for me. I just... It ain't my thing. Yeah, that's alright. Whatever you're happy with is fine, as long as you're happy. Of course, V. I got the best damn ship and the best crew. It ain't so bad. As long as my captain doesn't drag me out for days on errands. I miss my boiler, damn it. I know, I know. Just wanted to talk to you without anyone else around. I miss spending time with you. I miss it too, V. I'll try to come up on the bridge a bit more often. Keyword being try here. Now, let's get some sleep. I ain't flying my ass all the way back to Denver and crashing because you wanted to have girl time. Fiona chuckled and tossed her jacket at the smaller woman. Yeah, yeah, you need your beauty sleep or you'll turn into a big old monster. Good night, Q. Night, Captain. Chapter 5 Mother and Abner looked over the towering machines. Each was easily ten meters tall, the one in front of Mother heavily plated and armed with a massive chain gun. A fearsome-looking jagged ball of scrap metal and iron hung from a ship chain held in its left hand, the gaping maw on its chest revealing the cockpit inside. Abner's machine was more lightly armored than Mother's, but still was dangerous-looking. The patchwork plating belied the speed it was built for. A circle of massive chain saws was in place of its left hand, its right hand holding what looked like a square club. As you can see, they are far more elegant designs than our southerners, if a bit piecemeal. Hopefully, the Lord General will see it fit to provide me with more than scrap for the rest. You did look over the manuals I sent you both, correct? I tried to include as many pictures as I could, just in case you couldn't read, Claus quipped. Emner slowly turned towards the man, moving faster than his size would have led anyone to believe he could, a gauntleted hand closing around the scientist's throat. He brought the man's small face to his. Your usefulness will only last so long, worm. And when it is through, I am going to tear you into small pieces, slowly. He dropped Klaus to the floor and turned back to the mech. Mother and Abner simultaneously climbed up the ladders into their respective machines, leaving the scientist to rub his bruising throat. Neanderthals. The iron and steel giants shuddered as they activated. The creaking groan of metal filling the room as fingers were flexed and knees were tested. The grinding whir of Abner's chainsaw starting pierced through everything, drowning out all other sound in the room. Klaus watched, a mix of satisfaction that his inventions worked as well as he'd hoped, mixed with the disgust of letting those two brainless idiots pilot them. He sneered and turned around to find a monitor drone hovering behind him, John's face looking puzzled. Sir, what is wrong? The brown-haired man winced a little at the screech that came from behind him. Obviously, the idiots had not read the entire manual that he had provided. Nothing. I only meant for you to be the one piloting the golems. But I have another use for you in one of my creations. Sir? You'll see. Klaus grinned and gently patted the side of the monitor for a moment. Come, let us go speak to the dear Lord General about other matters while these morons attempt to act sentient.
Grace woke only to the sound of rain falling against the tarp above her in the darkness. She stretched and yawned, patting the canopy glass. Good morning, baby. Sleep well? She leaned back a bit, considering going back to sleep until her stomach growled. Damn it. All right, all right. Tentatively, she popped the canopy open and moved to the edge of the tarp, holding it above her to stave off the rain for a few extra moments. If she ran, she could get there without getting too wet, and hopefully she could dry off inside. Taking a deep breath, she threw the brown fabric away and dashed towards the bunker door, straining against the solid metal portal as she tried to open it. Once inside and the bulkhead door was open, she did her best to follow the way back down where she thought Fiona and Quinn were, getting lost a few times before actually making it through them. Both were still asleep. Grace shivered as she sat down next to the heater and turned it up to high, almost hugging it as she tried to warm up and dry off. Hungry, wet, and I think I woke up in the middle of the night. Missed mother damn it all. She dug the phone out of her pocket. Of course it was dead. Hey, you all right, Red? Grace's eyes snapped to the corner of the room. Quinn squinted in the dark at her. Yeah, just cold. Starting to rain pretty bad up there. Well, shit. Guess we ain't leaving for a day or two. My junker doesn't do too well in the rain. Shit. Rain? Damn. Fiona's voice came from the darkness. There was a scuffle and the lights flickered on. Quinn stood near the door now, hands still on the switch. Guess so. We'll need to go seal the door. Hopefully it doesn't flood and wash the damn runners away. Grace sighed. Next safe house y'all take over, make sure it's got a garage. The sound inside the coffin-like cockpit was deafening. Mother's arms and legs were strapped into sensors that translated her movements to the machine. Gears and hydraulics spun and gnashed inches from her. Sparks flew through the air as metal scraped against metal. Her armor reacted with every movement, tensing and rippling, ready to absorb a blow if needed. The booming of the footsteps under her as she pushed the machine as fast as it would go shook her very bones. Abner ran ahead of her, gaining ground as he tested the limits of his own. Static cut into the metal screech, and Abner's voice boomed into the speakers behind her, blending in with the sound of the machinery. Some improvements could be made, but these seem satisfactory weapons for the time being. The worm has his uses. Mother slowed to a walk as an alarm pierced her ears. She noticed the gauge had begun glowing red. Fuel. So they had a very limited range. The scientist would have to fix that before they were ready for battle. She pressed the button near her left hand for her radio. Head back. Hey everyone, it's Gabby, and yeah, that was a new episode of Hunter. Um, really sorry about the constant inconsistencies. I'm really bad about this kind of stuff, and this has not been a very good year for me in general, uh, especially the last few months. But things are getting a lot better. I moved. I have an office that I can record in. Still sometimes have moving trucks going by. Um, but I, yeah, I, I should be able to do things more often because I'm not nearly as stressed and I'm actually sleeping again. So hopefully um, these will be a bit more frequent. I'm not promising because I know myself and I know I might not do anything for a month at some points because that's just what my brain does but this will get finished at some point so 
uh, yeah, that's about it for now. And, uh, well, no. Uh, we've got a Patreon, which I'm, since I'm actually producing again, I'm actually going to say something about. Uh, Patreon.com slash SSP if you'd like to support us. Because that's, that's how we do things. Um, and I've also, if you enjoy video game stuff, uh, I started a gaming channel a couple months ago, and it's tied to SSP, but it's not directly SSP, because, uh, I don't know, I might start doing some gaming stuff on the SSP YouTube, which also has a bunch of stuff on it. Uh, yeah, it's youtube.com slash recurringvs, like, the word recurring, and then vs. So, yeah, that's a thing I've been doing, and... Currently, as of recording this, playing Sleeping Dogs, Guild Wars 2, um, we have a weekly show with, called Fuck Is This Friday, which I look at random Steam games that I own that I don't know where they came from, and I also, uh, well, Warlords of Draenor for World of Warcraft comes out on Thursday, I believe, and then to top it off, I just got Final Fantasy 14, so I'll be doing videos in that once I hit a certain level um and i will also be doing a bunch of other stuff like after sleeping dogs is done i have another series i'm gonna do uh but yeah if video games are your thing and you want to hear my dumb voice talk while i play them then uh yeah that's that's where to go to it uh, also, Spectrum Plays. I'm over there as well, helping out with stuff and doing things there. Uh, currently playing Half-Life 1 and random one-off indie games. So, yeah, that's about it. Uh, cars honking. I don't know if the mic picked that up because I have my recording volume super low so I can bite my mic while I record. But anyway, I have to go edit this, so uh, have a nice night, everyone. And uh, hopefully I'll see you soon.